around the world. You are listening to the you. Blurt. We acknowledge the First Nations peoples of this land, the traditional custodians, and pay our respects to their elders past, present, and future. We recognise the ongoing impacts of colonisation and the importance of a voice to Parliament to ensure the sovereignty and self-determination of First Nation peoples is respected and upheld. We commit to working together towards a just and equitable future for all Australians. Hi, I'm Keely, and tonight I'm coming to you from Wuntjeri country, Kulin Nation of the Wairarong people. Sovereignty was never ceded, always has been, and always will be Aboriginal land. It's eight past eight on a Tuesday evening. It's slightly balmy here in Nam, in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, and uh, we are recording this on the 29th of August, 2023. Good evening, Wednesday. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, before we commence, um, I acknowledge the Yagra people and the Turbul people as the traditional custodians of Mianjin, the lands on which I'm coming to you live. I pay my respects to Yagra and Turbul people, elders, past, present and emerging. Uh, yes, not too bad here either. It's been quite balmy and we had a few minor storms in the afternoon, but um, it's cooled down a bit. So, yeah. Good times. It's, yeah, well, it's it's. I've got to be honest, honestly, seriously. Like the last, I think the last, maybe the last five days, it's just been beautiful here in Melbourne. Been really nice. lovely. Today was probably warmer than the last five days, but probably yeah. a little bit chittier as well from a, okay. from a weather perspective. It, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a little bit of rain about, and uh, yeah, just a bit gloomy. But um, but before that, it was oh gee whiz, the weekend was amazing. The two three yeah. days before that, yeah, just um, a couple of days of those were quite cold in the morning, like mm -hmm. you know two degrees, three degrees or something. But yeah, yeah, we've been we've been blessed for a while. But okay. I uh, I don't know how long we're going to be blessed for with as you know La Nina just around the corner mm. and. I don't know that the plants seem to be thinking it's already spring because I'm seeing a lot of flowers out, and that scares oh, nice. me a bit. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, I've I've got to plan my my trip back because I've got to go back to Melbourne for a few days to sort some personal stuff. But I'm hoping it's going to be a little bit warmer than last time when I was there. <laughs> uh, when 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 are you coming? Uh, September. I'm hoping. Oh, finals time. Oh, I know, I know. All righty. Yes. I think I get that now. Yes. So what date are you coming exactly? I haven't worked that out. You let's see how we yet. let's see right. how let's see how the pies go next week. <clears throat> okay. And then I'll plan it after that. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got at least two finals, whatever happens. So exactly, exactly. Um hopefully we only need one and away we go. That would be mm. good. So yeah. And I know. I, little birdie tells me you're you're you got some news on on that front. That birdie is correct. I have my ticket in my hot little yes. hand, and I will yep. be going on next Thursday to the Melbourne Collingwood game because I'm a member and it's just members at the moment. But mm. um, it'll be interesting. I, I I wonder what the crowd will be like. Um, uh, it'll like the mix. Um, mm. it'll be interesting. Uh, we've got over a hundred thousand fans. Um, sorry, a hundred thousand membership. We've got way more than a hundred thousand fans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've uh, yeah, a hundred thousand membership, and I, I can't remember exactly, but I know it's over a hundred thousand. And uh, so, I mean, that's a lot of people that want tickets, and they're going to want mm. tickets to all the finals. So, yeah. 
So I don't know, you know. And then obviously, I mean, I don't know how many Melbourne's got, but they've probably got a few jumped on the wagon after 2021 mm. when they won a premiership. Yeah. So, but um, but anyway, they've got a bit of bad news coming their way. So be interesting mm, exactly. how they they deal with that. So, um, uh, which is good for us, obviously. But uh, <laughs> we'll have to. We just have to see how the all that um how it pans out. Yeah, how it uh, how it pans out and how it sort of um, yeah how how it uh, how it ends up as it were. Talking about ending up, mm. um, I read something about a worm ending up oh. in someone's brain. Uh, um, oh, that's horrible. Have you got information on this? I know. Uh, here's what I know: this lady who had been suffering headaches and, and diarrhea, I think, or, or nausea or something, back in early 2021, um, had numerous tests, went back and forth to doctors and things like that. No one was able to find out what the problem was. Um, I think only a few months ago, uh, something, uh, they decided to, to look at surgery and pull out um, what they thought was humour, because I think that was most of their concerns or, or thoughts as to what was happening with this lady. And um, yeah, so the neurosurgeon who uh, was operating on her, uh, with her tweezers that she was using, pulled this thing out. That yes. Yes. And uh, the most fascinating... The most fascinating and funny thing that I found was that uh, the surgeon um, let out a scream saying, get this thing out of here, or as she was holding the, uh, the, the, the little worm. And I thought that was quite funny coming from someone who's got her every, every day is working in, in brains and, and other matter. <laughs> yes, well, well, absolutely. And talking about other matter... You know where they, um, uh, you know where they think that um, this came from. Yes, uh, yes, you tell us. Yes, python, python poo. Yes, um, which is uh, not 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 good. So no. some sort of parasite that the snake would have eaten, and then it consumed the parasite from a mammal. So what did then... she eat the snake then? No. So what? Uh, they suspect is that the python uh, pooed in the out in the wild, and yeah. the lady uh, went foraging for warrigal greens, which is like a, a native yeah, yeah. Yeah, lettuce. Yeah. I think it yes, is. It, yeah, yeah, it's and, like a native spinach. Yeah, spinach. Yeah, and yeah. so not cleaning it properly is the belief that may have um, made her consume said poo, and. Mm. Apparently, um, some of the images that they showed, it, there were some colours or, or uh, what's the term? When you take x-rays and they see all the white spots. So oh, they, yep, yep. Yeah, whatever that's called. Um, yeah, they saw that in the images, in the x-ray images, and they could see them change over time. Like ultraviolet or something like that? Or? Uh, no, 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 it was x-rays, but whatever those marks are when you... I don't know what they're called. It's just a yeah. term. Yeah, yeah I'm just um, trying to see if I can. 
yeah, gone mental blank. Yeah, but no, that's all right. Keep going. They suspected well. that what they were seeing, those white blobs in the lung and other parts of the body were larvae. So she was growing all these things in her body. Oh, like, oh, come on. Oh, <laughs> and the question still remains, how did it get into the brain? Oh yeah. Uh, what? And so, she was getting she was getting headaches from it, etc. Yeah, yeah, nausea oh, and, and other things. And it's God. the first time they've ever found roundworm in in someone's brain or body. Oh, they've, God. They've, ringworm has been found in people's bodies in the past. That's quite common. Um, but yeah, this roundworm, especially that size, first time ever. And so she is a medical first. Oh, and, she must be, she must be wrapped. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so she's rough. she's under constant surveillance now from the professional med medical profession because because of the first so they just want to make sure that she's okay and and see if she develops any other symptoms or issues as a result but so far so good she's been good and lucky and uh has recovered so nice. good on her absolutely and absolutely good on her and also well done the surgeons who, um, you know, found it and performed the surgery. And, uh, I mean, honestly, absolutely incredible stuff. Um, the parasite is found in carpet pythons, has never been known to infect a human. Correct. Which, which, is, until which now. is interesting. Yeah, until now. So, <laughs> yeah, so if you're out there, people, for, foraging for foraging for Warrigal Greens, uh, make sure you give them a good wash. Or any anything that you forage, make sure it's, well cleaned. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, I will. I will be getting soap onto all our vegetables now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Even yes, whatever I'm growing, just in case. Especially after bloody three people down here died from having a beef Wellington for lunch. Mm, um, yes. I mean, I've heard of. I'm really dying for a beef Wellington, but these people actually did. Took so, it to the extreme. Yeah, they did. Not they that it's a life matter. Do no, say, no, it's I'm not. Very sorry no. for those people, but yes, no, yes, no, it is not a laughing matter. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, Speaking of not laughing matter, um, yes. what's this story about our show title? Oh so yeah, good. definitely not a yeah, funny. No, matter. no, well, no, it isn't. But obviously, you can make fun of everything. But. Um, mm. Yeah, so basically, I think what Spud, aka uh, leader of the opposition, um, has said is that he's banning noughts and crosses. It's it's yeah. destroyed forever because they just can't use crosses anymore. Because um, people might interpret it as a as a tick. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So right. it's just, yeah, tic tac toe is just ticks now. There there is no tic tac toe. It's just ticks. Ticks like this. Well, yeah, yes, yes. I tell you what, if the vote doesn't go through, I'll be having one of those. But, um, yes. but you know, look, it, it's just get you know, it's just more ridiculous all the time. Um, mm. in so that, the fear campaign continues from the no campaign. Of course it does. Of course it does. And um, you know, it's it's just all total um, a bullshit, a bullshit. That's he says right. So basically, what they're the saying is. He does, doesn't it, that little kid? So yeah. basically what the No Campaign, spearheaded by, by Potato Head, Dutton, is that when we get our ballots for the yes or no, it clearly states there to write yes or no, but he is concerned that people will put a tick or a cross in there. 
and the AEC have confirmed that a tick will be accepted as a yes, but a cross may or may not be accepted. And that's pretty much in a nutshell what they're trying to scare us with. Even though yes, that... at previous referendums, I think it was about 1% of votes actually had ticks or, or, or crosses in the in the boxes rather than a yes or no. So it's really just uh, talking, uh, what's that little kid say? What's he talking oh, about? Yes, because uh, he says it. He says it the best. Yeah, he yes, does. He I, I just can't repeat. A bullshit. A bullshit. Yes, he's right. Yeah. When he's right, he's right. And, and I've got a picture of Spud. Just, uh, just in case people are not sure what he looks like. So, just right. uh, so be quick because I don't want to see him for too long. Later, it's it's good. Ah, oh, that's yes, that's the yeah. One. No, yep. fair enough. Too. Yep, Peter Dutton. That's that's him. Yeah. I even got yeah, the glasses that's, right. That's him. That's great. But, uh, I've got to be honest. Well, they did. I've got to say, I'm not seeing anything. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're seeing it because I'm not. I'm uh, not seeing I can anything. See oh, there, there. there it is. Jeez, it took a long I think, time. I think we've got a bit of a delay um, here. <clears throat> yes, um, uh, <clears throat> I think we're having fun. Uh, I think we're having fun with the internet tonight. <laughs> Yes. I turned everything off this end. Trying to uh trying to get that back. Just waiting for it. Go away, Mr. Potato Head or aka Spud. Um I am waiting, waiting, waiting. It must only be um the images because uh, you're hey, in Jesus. Nice, took a long time. Nice and clear. Unless you're hearing me yes. delayed as well. Yes, well, you know, it's funny. Well, I'm not now, but I was then. But that's okay. It's all good. <laughs> anyway, we know what uh, Spud looks like. So it's all good. It's all good. But the thing I was going to say about that is that mm. since 1988, they have had the same system. It hasn't changed. So you don't exactly. need to have a conspiracy theory about it. It has not changed. No, it's still right. the fucking same. So, yes. you know, it, don't take it personal. It's not personal. Just write yes or mm. no or tick the yep. damn box. If you, if, you, if you want to cross it, go for your life, especially if you're yep. voting no. Definitely yeah. cross it. Absolutely. Yep. Cross, cross it. Cross Great. it. Absolutely. We're more than happy for you to uh, either cross it or vote yes. Either way, yeah. you know, it's, it's all good. But just on that for a second, Wednesday, I have heard that it looks like Tasmania and South Australia are going to be our um, sticking points. That's where we really. Uh, that's where they're focusing on, are they? Yep, 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 yep. And um, and with that, uh, as you know, well, you might not, but I'm sure you probably do. Um, it's being officially launched that everyone who already sort of knows it's the 14th mm. of October, but he's going to officially launch that date tomorrow, tomorrow at 11 a.m. Yeah, 11 a.m. Okay, cool. 11 a.m. With that being said, Bill Shorten and Adam Bant are coming down to my local uh, train station, a couple of train stations, and they're oh, going yeah. to be handing out flyers tomorrow. Yeah. So, All right, so, so I can basically give up on Queensland um, getting us over the line. I don't know. I'm not sure. I wouldn't give up. Mm. I would do everything you possibly can. 
Yeah, but, well, um, I'll be trying. I'm waiting for my my um, core float to arrive. Ah. Some stickers arriving from the Yes23 campaign. Yeah. And I'll have that on my iPad cover so people can see it at university. I'll put stick it on the car so people can see it as we're driving. Brilliant. Um, I believe I you're it. getting some T-shirts. Yes, well, that one that's in the middle behind us, uh, mm -hmm. see if I can if I can just change this for a second. Hey, there you there go. You look, at go. That. look at that. Technology. I know, it's pretty good when it works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so that's my T-shirt, basically. That's my T-shirt. And the, the one on the left that says vote yes, I've got a T-shirt of that as well. But that's a white one, and white okay. and me do not go very well. You can probably wear white quite well, but I cannot. No. I look terrible because I'm pink and you're not. So yes, true, um, true, true. I get that. <laughs> you're like a normal, a normal color person. So <laughs> not as tanned as I used to be when I was younger. Um, I've kept away from the sun, and as we know, last year I got a bit of a BCC on my, on my skin. Oh so yes, now yes, I've got yes. To be super careful. So yes, yes, you do. Yeah, it's, yes. it's this country, my friend. It is this country. It is. Um, it is. And talking about country, um, <laughs> I think I know we, where you might be going with this. <laughs> just about <laughs> to have a little bit of this. If I can uh, just get things happening. 11,780 loves to win the election. Oh, that country. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, 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 and, and we were talking about different yeah. colored skin, etc. Yes. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So old, old Orange Head, as you probably know by now, um, uh, has had his mugshot all over the all over the world, yet yeah, he's already put it on cans and shirts and mugs and, mugs and yeah. <laughs> Confederate flags and KKK masks and, you know, sheets and you name mm. it, anything that's just right wing off the charts. Um, but anyway, so that's that. But there's also a lot of fantastic Trump memes. Mm. So I thought I would share a few uh, tonight. So if you're watching this live, you'll you can see a few. Uh, I will also put the link in the show notes, as they say, um, and so you can have a look. They are definitely worth having a look at if you are what if you are listening to this. Um, so I'll make sure they're for you for your watching pleasure, uh, the listener. And we'll start with this one. This is one of my favourites. This makes me nearly cry with laughter. This is uh, pretty good. I don't think I've seen any of these, so. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Pack of noodles, dry noodles, I think it is, on an ostrich's head. It is. It's a really, a really good Love one. It. it is. And we've got some crackers coming up. This one's a beauty. Now, this is um, uh, John Jr. Uh, and uh, this, is, this is quite funny. This is quite funny. Oh, let me get rid of the Trump Watch banner. What's it say there? The night dad went to jail. Don Jr. is reading a bed bedtime kids story. Yes, nice. he is. The night daddy went to jail. In fact, what we should do is do this and uh, get back to... I've got to find it. Here it is. 
There we go. Oh, yes, that's right. That's we did talk about this. That's better. We did. We did indeed. So, yes, just a couple of real crackers here. Um, <laughs> this one. This one's another name coming. <laughs> yep. Uh, this one's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's his uh, mugshot with a title above it God watching you masturbate after he made it a sin. <laughs> oh boy um, this is not for little kitties this show no we're okay with that <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and this is this one's a cracker too so have a look at this one smile yatch says obama <laughs> while he's taking a he photo does. He, he does it's very good very nice very one good. it's very good uh, oh yes and this is probably my favorite <laughs> This, this, this makes me cry. Oh, this is so good. You gotta right, look. We're still this waiting seriously. with bated breath for this one. Oh, You're this laughing. We're waiting. Hilarious. <laughs> it, some people are so clever. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those listening, it is a uh, an artistic impression of Trump. That is made out of a banana for his yellow head and some pastrami or some sort of delicatessen meat product. Well, it's the pork de resistance. Uh, is that what it is? No, but that's yes. what I've named it. That's what I've named okay. it. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. And yeah, so it's made into the uh, uh, what's it called profile of of Trump's face. Yeah, very good likeness of him, actually. Sensational. <laughs> so well done. I gotta tell you though, it's quite funny because there's a banana on his head, but it almost looks like a dead a, like a dead mini dolphin or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's got yeah. these sort of weird fins on the end sort of thing. Yeah, um, no, very funny. Very funny. So. Uh, I love there you go. Movies. So I thought, uh, yeah, no, I thought we'd just do something a little bit different um, uh, this week for um, for Trump uh, Watch. Watch. Yeah, something a bit different because pretty much every week it gets worse for him. <laughs> so mm. um, there's there's not a lot to say in, in that way at the moment. So um, the Australia Institute produces high quality research that has real world impact whether it's revealing the $10.3 billion in fossil fuel subsidies provided by federal and state governments last year, or our long-standing research advocating for a federal anti-corruption commission with real teeth, we change minds. To donate, head on over to australiainstitute.org.au. When you give blood, you're more than just a blood donor. You're the lifeblood of Australia. Search Give Blood and book your donation with Australian Red Cross Lifeblood today. Give life. Give blood. Give blood. Or plasma in my case. Yes, or plasma in your case. And absolutely do give blood if you can. Unfortunately, I can't. I probably could mm. do plasma, but um, actually I don't even know if I can do plasma. No, um, I don't think you can. I think that's what no. uh, Andrew said the other week. With the cancer, yeah. Mm. How long? Yeah. I can't remember how long before you can give again. Oh, hold, hold on, though. You've had a BCC. I did put that on the form last time I went. I'll have to double-check with them, actually. But maybe a BCC, as I say, maybe a BCC and melanoma are not the same yeah. in capacity. So, oh, yeah, I'll have to BCCs do some are not cancerous, technically. 
Well, they are, are but they're, they're, they are they're a not, skin cancer, but they're, they're not they're a skin cancer. They don't spread. They don't move. Genic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they, well, they don't move. I mean, you need to get rid of them. I mean, mm. you don't want them there. They're not good no. in your body, and if they stay there for a very long time, they could do some damage. But melanoma mm. is different. It can spread to your body. They're bad. They're bad, bad, mm. bad, bad. <laughs> yeah, you got so, me thinking now. I'm yes, sure I well, put that down on my form. Well, that's well, <laughs> that's that. That's all right. Just have a chat to them next time. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. And uh, we also heard from the director of the um, Australian Institute, Ebony Bennett, deputy director, I believe, Bennett uh, from the Australian Institute, uh, uh, sort of a left-wing think tank. I don't really like left and right anymore. It's more like absolute nutbag and progressive ideas. Mm. Um, I think left and right myself is a little bit out of the um, out of the playbook now. I think mm. I don't really think yeah. it stands for a lot. But um, now, actually, uh, talking about that, left and right, et cetera, I just wanted to thank our guest who we did uh, talk about in the show notes that we did do some recording, Dr. Maria Teflaga. The mini episode for that is up on the Substack site now. That's yeah. the newblurt.substack.com. You can easily get there. And it's a fantastic interview that Wednesday and I had a chat last week, mm-hmm. and it will be our uh, live um the new blurt episode next week for episode 137 also also saying that uh we're very very close to 8,000 downloads it'd be nice Ooh. if we could get there very very quickly so if you got friends and uh you like the show let them know and uh let's get us up to 8,000 and crack on because um yeah yeah we're trying to uh trying to get this thing moving a little bit and mm. we're getting some really good people on us to say Ange Wapier should be with us in September sometime and Ash, who we've had on before, professional comedian, should be back with us as well. And we've got some other guests coming as well. Got so Mark stick Chitty around for, for that. Yes. Are you okay in Absolutely. three weeks' time, actually? Absolutely. Not, so, not, long. not long now. No, not at all. So we need to, yeah, we need to nail that down, get that sorted. For now, we need to do this and now it's time for when nature calls with wancy and the kickster on the new <laughs> oh there big fella that's the wrong nature calling oh right here is our new segment nature calls for a wonderful world of wonderful world sorry wancy uh you couldn't hold it in could you yeah, look, tonight I've got a, a, a little bit of a treat. We are going to learn about the snow monkeys from Texas. Now, I've got a little bit of show and tell, so I'll get, I'll um, I'll line that up first and get the format all sorted so it's ready to go. And um, and then we can have a look, and then I can give you a little bit more detail on, on what they're actually talking about. So bear with me. The snow monkeys in Texas. These Japanese macaques, otherwise known as snow monkeys, are frolicking in the waters of this primate sanctuary in Texas. So, what are Hickford snow monkeys, the only primates other than humans that can survive extreme cold, doing here in Texas? Well, A small group of these playful creatures once angered the merchants of Kyoto, Japan by raiding their stores. They needed to be relocated or they'd be killed. The only place that would take them was a remote corner of good old Texas, and this sanctuary was built for them there. 
So now, instead of warming up in hot volcanoes, these snow monkeys and their offspring use water to cool off and have fun. Something macaques seem to know wherever they are. It's one of those all moments. Next time you get all wrapped up in how the world is, think of these monkeys. Then go jump in a lake. <laughs> so for those yes, listening so that, on the podcast, yeah. what were we seeing there? Just briefly. Oh, uh, that is yeah, no, that's a snow monkeys uh from Texas. I'm um I've got a bit of detail about, so I'm going okay, to talk cool. about as well. So um but as I said, they're Japanese uh macaques. Um, but they are part of the monkey uh family. And um I've just got some information, some background that is uh, quite cool um to know so was uh, back in 1972 that's when this sort of uh happened and 80 japanese snow monkeys were sent to the texas desert sanctuary it's still going today uh as it were and what it was yeah. there was monks in japan at the time they they said it was due to habitat loss around kyoto that's true but what that meant was the macaques were coming in to um, the cities, and mm. they were getting into the monks. I don't know what they're called. Are they called churches uh, or? Temples? temples? Temples, yes. Okay, temples. so they were getting into the temple roofs, and what they didn't tell you in there is they would shit on the monks. Oh, and so no. <laughs> the monks weren't particularly um, impressed by this, and so basically, sooner or later, they were um, probably going to eradicate. Yeah, so anyway, I think the RSPCA sort of got on board and the people that were following the, the macaques at the time, et cetera, and they just, as the uh, video had alluded to, uh, came from Texas, uh, willing to give them another home. And so that's where, where uh, that comes from. So it's interesting. They came from total snowfield uh, area to a uh, adapting to life with rattlesnakes, which is, mm, you know, heat. Yeah, absolutely. And the heat, they're very, very different. When the monkeys became pest of businesses, residents in Kyoto, this is what I was talking mm. about, between the wild and the urban spaces in 72, because as you probably know, back in the 70s, they were building Japan bigger and bigger and more condensed in the cities. And so mm. it is how it is now, yeah. Yeah, which exactly. is, you know, hard to find sort of green spaces. Yeah. So anyway, Texas uh, took after that. So tech, there's a particular lady, I'm just trying to find her name if I can find it. She does a lot of the looking after on a daily um, uh, sort of ritual with her with her daughter now. The, the monkeys, so some of the monkeys reacted. So at, basically at the end of the day, the snow monkeys were shifted to Texas. This particular article is about a artist, Shimon Buku, who is trying to bring this story to life um, mm -hmm. by... Uh, painting it and there's certain places you can see uh, the art it's uh, exhibited in the Denver Art Museum and other museums around the world he's a well-known artist to people that know art not me <laughs> not me either but anyway he brought a pile of snow to the sanctuary to test the monkey's memory okay and he used ice from the local petrol station as he thought this would be a familiar material to the monkeys some of the monkeys reacted to the snow with excitement, gra grabbing handfuls of, of and rolling around in it, and others were scared of it and indifferent to it. 
backing away from the snow or nibbling at it nervously. Shimabuku believes that the monkey's reactions to the snow are a reflection of the individual memories and experiences. Mm, some of the monkeys, <clears throat> some of the monkeys may have fond memories of playing in the snow in Japan, while others may have never seen snow before, especially if they were born in the desert. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. we're talking 1972, and, and mm. they've, been, they've been really productive. There's a lot more there now than there were when they went. So, yeah, you know, they've been feeding them well and looking after them really well, etc. So, Shimabuku's work challenges the human-animal divide and explores the nature of memory. He's interested in how the animals can remember things that happened to them, even in the past, even if they haven't experienced it before. The snow monkeys in the sanctuaries are noticeably larger than what they were in Japan. Because they still, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, they've still got, they do still have snow monkeys in Japan. They are a lot, a lot smaller, which is, I find really, I find that hilarious. So basically what they're saying is they go to America and they get fat. They, they do. And, <laughs> and they, they stay in Japan and you stay your slim size, which, yeah. you know, that sort of <laughs> equates to humans as well. There's a lot of, yeah, uh, true. There's a lot of, I it's saw, it's all the, it's all the fast food the uh, monkeys are getting in Texas yeah, now. No, I think so. I think their diet is um, Big Macs or something. No, they're and probably Tex -Mex. vegetarian. Oh, no, they wouldn't be vegetarian, would they? Oh, Tex-Mex. Not necessarily. Uh, I don't think they are. No, I don't think they are either. So. Oh, actually, they're not. What's this? The monkeys eat rattlesnakes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So they're uh, not they're not scared of them. It's part of their diet. Nice. Yeah. Well done, monkey. Good job. They and just cacti. got themselves a new job. Yes. Out in the wild. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And cacti in the desert, which are not part of their natural diet. They have learned to eat these foods because they didn't want to die. Shimon Buku work has been exhibited in the Denver Art. So yeah, so that's the story of the Ooh, um of the snow monkeys of Japan. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a fantastic podcast uh, called Late Night Live with Philip Adams, who I absolutely mm -hmm. adore and haven't listened to for a while. And there is a lady on there who is all behind this story. She knows it uh, okay. intrinsically and in detail, and she yeah. talks about it with real passion and memory. Mm. And if you're interested at all, interested at all, in the story that I have just um, blurted, I would definitely listen to that podcast. I will put the link in the show notes for the podcast. Excellent. So um, you Looking can have a listen to, to that. Yes. No, it, it is well worth it. It doesn't go for a long time. It's only about 25, 30 minutes or something. Okay. And uh, yeah, so well, well worth listening. I am going to see if I can dispel some local myths about some of our homegrown creatures on this wonderful land we call it Australia. You may have heard some of these Half of them I didn't, and half of them I, d I did. So there's four things I'll be covering. Okay. Um, first one is about the good old lovable quokka. Quokkas are found on Rottnest Island in WA, just off the coast of Perth. For yep. those playing at home um, and those people from overseas who may not know where Perth is, it's that way, really far away from where we are <laughs> in yeah. Australia. So if you um, if you're if you if you're watching this, Perth is on the left hand side of the Y in Yes Twenty Three, and it's uh, right, yes. right down the corner. It's in this the purple one. bit on the left. See, see where my finger is? If you're watching, yes, yes. Right. If you're watching, just there. very close, very very close, down very a bit. Oh. Down, yeah, that's it. Keep that that angle's good. Yeah, so right, go. ow, right. just on the it's corner. Hard to do. There you go. Yeah, oh, no, there that's you go. I think I, yeah, no, you've got good. it. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> yes, so that's perfect. 
that's the gymnastics there. Yes, absolutely. So if I can, if I can say where I am, gotta. <laughs> oh, oh yes, there we go. Oh, nearly. nearly, yeah, right there, gotta, just about. Just, just above the red dot where Tasmania just, is. Anyone listening to this? No, we're not trying to go to the toilet on the show. I'm <laughs> trying to get my, calls. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get my finger. No, that's not true. I'm trying to get my finger just in a position so you can see where Melbourne is. So Melbourne okay. is right there, pretty much. And and where's Brisbane? Where I'm coming from? It's some more gymnastics oh here. Oh God! <laughs> oh, that's just not fair. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah there. Yeah, I reckon that's there. You go, around about there. Yes, yes. So it's a big country. It's a big country. It is very big. Quackers, they're very cute. However, little quackers, little quackers. There's been a a meme that went around a little while ago um, that um, had accused the cute little animal of being having some murderous intent. So let me show you the murderous intent around. Jesus. Yes. Do quackers sacrifice their young? So the meme <laughs> went, so I got a photo of, of mother quacker and baby quacker, and the meme went, feeling like a bad parent? Quackers toss their babies at predators so they can escape. Is that true or is that do quackers throw or toss their babies at uh, predators? Uh, yes and no. No, they don't throw because have you seen their little hands? They can't physically pick up their babies and throw them or toss them at the predator. A bullshit, a bullshit. Correct. Almost. Right. It's half bullshit. Okay, oh, it's half, half bullshit. bullshit. The mother quacker can't throw the joey out of the predator. It is a marsupial, so that's why it's called a joey, little baby one. Very cute. So, very cute. Until you hear the next bit. So what she does is... <laughs> cute. <laughs> This might change your mind about quackers. <laughs> All right, so here's what she does. When she's faced with a predator, she relaxes the muscles in her pouch and allows the joey to fall out. Thereby, the joey falls out, starts flailing around on the ground, making noises, distracting the predator. Please, please don't tell focus. me it's gonna, it runs away. Please don't tell the me The mother that. runs away. So the mother oh. is thinking about self-preservation and the future of the species. Oh so it sacrifices God. the baby to oh. the predator so she can live another day and create more babies. Oh, so, my Are they still God. cute? <laughs> are they still cute? That's my question. They're not the only macropods that do this. Oh, what was that sound? Uh, they're not the only macropods that do this. The woilies. Here's a picture of a woily. Uh, Latin name is Betongia penicillata. Yeah. That's AKA... not cute. That's not cute. I don't think that's cute at all. I, oh, I... Relatively cute. Looks a bit like no, a, a rat, no, but no, I don't think cute. it's cute. No, no, um, no, because no, you're going to tell me something, so I'm already made my mind up that it's not. No, nah, she she but... does the same thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so she she sacrifices the baby. Another <laughs> one that does the same thing. I reckon Spud do that. Yeah, probably. The booty or the Betongia, Betongia lesser also does the same thing, sacrifices its baby. Does the kangaroo and, do it? Please tell me the kangaroo doesn't do it. Or uh, there's a word roo in the next one. You almost got it. Oh, the God. potteroo. Oh, the potteroo. As well. Yes. Well, these, well, that's a rodent. I know that. Yes. Um, and I don't know if, I think the other one was a rodent too, but I'm not 
sure. Not sure they could be. I think they are. They look like it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that that's myth number one. Busted. Okay, so, you busted it. Smashed yes. it. Out of the park. So the next one is, oh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go to the coat of arms. What's that got to do with nature calls? Uh, it's the two animals on Australia's. Of course, of the emu and the kangaroo. And they the kangaroo. Taste very good. Oh, they do, they do. Uh, Emu, not so much for me, but kangaroo, yes, I have had it and did enjoy it. Yes, I don't eat any more, though. No, no, same. Uh, The kangaroo and the emu on the coat of arms there because they can't walk backwards is the long-held myth. Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet have responded some time ago and they said, the shield is held up by the native Australian animals, the kangaroo and the emu, which were chosen to symbolise a nation moving forward based on the fact that neither animal can move backwards easily. Oh. So the term here is easily. So they can move backwards, but not easily. So um, so I didn't know this. I thought, I thought it was fact that they couldn't move backwards, but kangaroos can walk backwards. They won't hop, but they can walk backwards. They'll be, they'll look weird and gangly and um, as if they're drunk, I'm guessing, uh, but they can do it. And emus have been known to walk backwards as well, so... Yeah, I thought that was interesting about it is. our native no, animals. No, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. Beautiful work. The other, the other myth, which I'm not sure if we've spoken about this before, but daddy long legs are they venomous? Um, we have we have spoken about have? it, and okay. we might have we might have pushed conspiracy theories. But if you've got the evidential backing, that'll be nice. Not evidential, but they not they're not venomous to humans because that, obviously yeah, yeah. they can't cut skin and. Yeah. Even if they put venom on our skin, it won't penetrate the skin because no. you need to get it into the blood. Yeah. But what yeah. they do is they um, they can take down the our infamous funnel web spider by a daddy, attacking a daddy long legs. A daddy long leg can is is a spider killer basically. So it can attack um, like a funnel web spider by constantly biting it on its legs and then jumping away and attacking it that way. So I really that was quite fascinating, yeah. And you so, know me, I hate spiders, but I found so, it very so fascinating. it's got it's got enough it's got enough in it that it can inject venom into the funnel web, but not yeah. enough to inject it into us. Correct. So they can bite into wow. easily bite into other spiders. Oh wow! Just not us. Yeah. Just so not they, us. they they are venomous. So, yes, so it depends venom... on who you're talking about. Okay, so their venom is pretty damn potent then yeah yeah so obviously it's enough to paralyze and kill their foe and then obviously they can eat it if they yes they want to probably wrap them up and eat them over days and days and days i assume yeah exactly yep i mean shit those things are like i don't know they're so thin i mean how how I mean, yeah. what, do they get a pot belly? I mean, how does it how does it work? I, mean, I don't know. I don't even want to imagine it because nah, it'll be... We won't go down there. Yeah, no. We won't no go I'll have nightmares night. for a few nights. Yeah, no, I don't um, do that here, so... <laughs> my fourth um, little fun fact or myth busting is... Fourth and um, last or still going? Uh, second last, but oh, I'll, I'll lead on to one more thing after the yep. fourth myth Brilliant. busting. No, it's fascinating. Is it true that freshwater croc um, will not attack people? Here's one. Freshwater croc, tiny little cute thing it is. Um, no, on the average, I don't, don't think that is true. Yeah. I think they will attack people. <laughs> yes. So on, you're correct. On average, there are one and a half fatal saltwater crocodile attacks in Australia each year since uh, between 2010 and 
2019. Uh, the Northern Territory has, has had zero fatalities in the last nice. six years, whereas in Queensland we've had three or four in the last few years. Wow. Men men are three times more likely to be victims than women. Surprise, yes, surprise. Three times dumber, obviously. Yeah, to get into waters infested mm. with crocs. Yeah. But there have never been any recorded death caused by freshwater crocs. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah. So it is true that they do not kill people, but they can attack like any other croc or alligator or reptile of that size. Uh, they are very territorial. So if you dare go into their territory, they will attack. The big difference between a fresh, a freshy, as they call them, or a salty, is that the freshwater croc most often will only bite once and then and then walk away, swim away, whatever. So <clears throat> they don't attack for the death like like um like a right. salt water will. Whereas the salt water will bring them down and put you in a death bring roll them down and, and all the rest yeah. of it. Yeah, exactly. So all the survivors of freshwater crocs have been bitten once and then yeah, they obviously live to tell. Well I imagine that's got something to do with the size as well. I mean, the freshwater crocs are nowhere near the size of the Correct. salt waters. Salt yeah, yeah, exactly. Grow uh, up to like I think what three meters or something ridiculous. Uh, five or six even. <clears throat> oh, meters. Oh yeah, the the salties. Oh, they can get huge sizes. Whereas I think uh, freshies are probably maybe three or four at most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At most, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. It's not so, a pretty and big animal, you, you can tell, yeah, you can teeth. see the the nozzle. They're a lot thinner compared to yeah. fresh uh, salties. That salties, yes, must be, I don't know, Much, six or eight a inches lot wider. wide. Yeah, way wider. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting too, isn't it? Because we are just looking. We're basically looking at a dinosaur. I mean, mm. they're so so prehistoric. I mean, I still think they're beautiful. I do. I think. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't jump in the water with them at all. But I just think they're amazing creatures. Oh, they just, are great creatures. Just, yeah, we just got to respect their environment my last yes exactly yes and my last creature uh, has a a little story it's in a similar vein to reptiles um what we've just been talking about i was working in my office at home this afternoon oh yes and i kept kept hearing noises and you went oh i need to go to the toilet but i just can't be asked is that right or uh, no, not quite, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was enough to go. Not those sort of noises, that? right? Okay. No, no, it was no. more like scratches, like something, oh, right? Um, scratching on on the ground oh. or in the roof cavity is what I thought. Wow! And first thing that came to mind was, holy crap, is it a snake? Hope it's not a snake. Hope it's not a snake. <laughs> and I kept thinking outside. You're in Queensland, so I can imagine you were exactly. pretty much it wasn't a snake. Hopefully it's not a spider because if it is making that noise, fuck. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept looking and, and I could hear it because my desk if is... It's, if it's that big, my friend, it would have been packed its own lunch. I mean, seriously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I ventured close... And I thought I better move. Let's just have a look at the um, behind the curtain, and because yeah. it was a nice sunny day. Yeah. And I take a peek, and I'm just pulling a little bit the curtain, and I see a head, what looked like a snake head. Yes. Pop its head out. Yes. And this is what I saw on in a, in like oh. not even two meters from my from my from my feet. 
And yeah, so it's a blue tongue lizard or skink. I'm not sure of the difference. Yeah, blue tongue um, lizard. But when did he, she get in? That is the million dollar question. And does that mean there'll be more coming in to this house? I have no idea. So we promptly, um, I called my uh, Kim, who was working upstairs um, while I was taking photos and video. She opened the door uh, yeah. discreetly, quietly. And, yeah. and it just went, okay. Oh, you've opened the door. Okay, cool. And slowly just climbed out and scuttered away. So it's very, very cute. Um, glad it wasn't a snake. Beautiful. They are beautiful. Do you know, I, I, now see, I'm not sure this could be a myth too, but I'm sure that blue tongues actually are not scared of snakes. But don't I'm... Oh, I don't know. It sounds yeah, like you've got some homework. I'm, no, I might have made myself some. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Which is uh, painful, but... Uh, I will, oh my, uh, uh, I, will, I will write that down. I will write that down. Scared of that snakes. Down. Oh, good. You wrote it down. Good. Excellent. Yeah. Good. Excellent. No, I will. I will. No, definitely. I will look at that up. Because uh, I am. I'm fascinated to, to whether it, it was or not. Yeah, but that's just beautiful. I love yeah. blue tongues. And just, just, just for context, because um, mm. the photo doesn't really show you, it must have been at least a foot long. Yeah, no, I saw the the picture. I yeah. at least that I would have thought more yeah. than that, actually. Yeah, maybe eighteen inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, from, yeah, it's a pretty yeah, it's yeah, it's a pretty sizable animal. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah, definitely. beautiful but, creature. Uh, yeah, no, they are. Didn't, they didn't are, stick though. its tongue out though. Didn't get to see oh, it. Oh, but... that's a shame. But, but yeah. Um, yeah, oh, that's that's a lovely story. I like yeah. that. Yeah. That's yeah. very good. That's very good. And that's that's my nature calls. I thought excellent, beautiful, beautiful. We will be back in a minute with a bit of good news. Hi, it's Ashley Pizzamay here, and you're listening to the New Blurt with Wayne and Kexter. <laughs> Nothing hurts my soul more than getting a bunch of money from paid sponsorship. Cash the comment. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of cash, have you tried the new cash app? <laughs> Send and receive money from anyone instantly with the cash app. Oh, God. Say you want to get $10,000 from Valvoline, just for mentioning the word Valvoline. Just give them your cash app username and they can send it to you immediately. No questions asked. Download the cash app today. Valvoline. <laughs> Barbie movie to some more oh. good news. More good news. Uh, yes, it's now surpassed uh, Harry Potter uh, and the Deathly Hollows Part 2. Uh, it's now grossed $1.34 billion. That's right, with a B, billion. Um, so it's become Warner Brothers' biggest grossing or highest grossing movie ever. That's Soon it's going to, oh, it's crazy, isn't it? Soon it's going to pass Mario, the, the the new Mario movie that got released a few months ago, which made 1.35 billion. I can't believe so that. This, Seriously. Yeah. You've, and you've seen that, haven't you? Have you seen I've that? I've seen it. Yeah, what I loved it. it? You, yeah, you thought you, it was good. Yeah, I loved it. I th what did I give it? 4.9 stars? The, no, the star. Mario. No, Mario. The Mario movie. Oh, Mario. Mario. Yes, I did watch that. And yes, I can't remember what I gave it, but it would have been close to four, I think. Yeah, um, so not as good as Barbie, yeah. but still good. Not as good. Yeah. yeah. It, it was entertaining and it's got Jack Black in it and he sings oh. in it. So that's. Oh, just... It can't be too bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to have a look. Yeah. Uh, the other, that's just 
small good news. The good news, yep. the other one, um, is a Tasmanian 69-year-old uh, ran his 100th marathon a uh, couple weekends ago right here on the Sunshine Coast. Um, Pat Anderson? No, Pat Farmer? Uh, no, Michael Booth. Oh, okay. Michael Booth. So he's a Taswegian from Launceston. Uh, took him just under four and a half hours to complete the marathon up here. Oh, okay. Nice job. With this, um, he only took up running. So he's 69. He only took yeah. up running 68. in 2002 when he was 48. Yes. So 21 years ago, he started running. Yeah. Um, he ran his first marathon in 2003 in Hobart. Um, so he's averaged five marathons a year since he kicked it off Started. in 2003. Yeah, that's it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's it, crazy. He's stuff. gone all over. The, he's got he's, he's raced in every state of Australia, every continent, including Antarctica in 2014. Holy crap! So, yeah, I was trying to get more information as to how he ran. Um, and how long it took him to run the marathon in Antarctica. I haven't been able to find that, but I thought that was quite fascinating to It is to pretty damn off. good. Almost a GPDS, I would have thought, on that one. Yeah, that's not yeah. a bad idea to, to yeah, do that. Yeah, if you do a bit more insight on that. because Now, mm. going back to the, the marathon side of things, my brother-in-law is a bit of a um, cracker when it comes to uh, marathon running. Apparently, oh, yeah. He's a little bit younger than me, and apparently he's in the top five best in his age group in New Zealand. Oh, wow. At uh, marathon running. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's, he's crazy. And when it comes to marathons, I think I think he only actually took up marathon running. He was doing triathlons, like mm -hmm. he was doing the, the swim, um, ride, et cetera, but he only started doing marathons, I think, less than 10 years ago. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but now he's just totally hooked. And as you know, many marathon runners, it's just an adrenaline and it's mm. it's almost like a drug, basically. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know. Um, My brother-in-law, um, he's raced several marathons. He likes it. He hasn't done one in, in a year or two. I think COVID sort of got him out of whack in terms of practice and running and and everything else but um yeah he, he used to enjoy it too so um yeah if you're listening there nestor get back in there and um yeah i hope, hope i know he still runs but yeah he hasn't done a, a marathon in, in a while so um i know that we're sort of towards the end of the show so mm. mine's only a, a quick one mm -hmm. but a, but nonetheless an important one and I will just put this up um, if you're ah, watching. Yes. The person who became a verb. Yes, exactly right. And this <laughs> is a really good news story. Mm. So um, we've always said that doing a Bradbury is like you've fallen over at the last hurdle, etc. So if anyone doesn't know, Stephen Bradbury with the was the winter olympic gold medalist for ice skating years ago and he won because everyone else in the race fell over and <laughs> it's, it's funny, a funny story it, it's, it's, it's a funny story but it's a great, great story funny as that is and he's the gold medal winner and all the rest of it i would imagine it would be something that he would have to live with every day and he's quite happy to do that 
and he's quite happy to have won. And obviously, he's a very, very good skater to even get anywhere near that in the first place. But as he would probably know, he wasn't the best at the time. He was just the best at staying up. Mm. Um, (laughs) And... And good on him because that's what, you know, it's the same as when you play football. Uh, you can yeah. have 20 shots at goal, but if the other person has five and you kick 20 points and they kick five goals, well, you win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's the same same deal, same dealio. But this is a great news story and I will be uh, quite quick with it. So basically uh, more than two decades after last man standing, et cetera, et cetera, 49-year-old former elite short track speed skater, four times Olympian, was recognised. So he's not a slouch. I mean, four times Olympian, he's pretty good. Um, He was given uh, a commendation for brave conduct by the Australian Governor General David Hurley. He was giving uh, son Flynn surfing lessons when he spotted a teenage girl in big swell out to sea. Um, He grabbed his son's board and told him to run to the lifeguards. And once he got out there, he realised there was three more people bobbing about in the water. And um, he was a bit further out, the impact zone, and getting smashed by two-metre waves. It says he got to the first girl and um, he's never seen a human with so much fear in her eyes before, which is, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty uh, hair-raising stuff. Uh, He thought that he couldn't save all the teenagers at once. Well, he couldn't save them all at once, so he had to do each one at a time. He had three. He opted to paddle the first girl to safety before heading back out to the other three. By the time he got to the trio, one was hyperventilating and one was in a lot of distress, and the third, who was actually a pretty good swimmer, was trying to calm the other two. Um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing it's story. The bigger the kid to, to calm the other two down. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, he tried on about six waves to get them all onto his board, um, but the board was too heavy, so... Um, he had to get the lifeguards to show up quickly after that. And they plucked two out of the water. They got the third one out, paddled her into emergency. Uh, Bradbury said he wasn't scared during the rescue. He said he was very good in the water. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's a surfer, etc. when he's not skating. so. But as he said, it was kind of nice to know that under extreme circumstances that he could still go back into what he calls Olympic mode, mm, even though he's not as fit say. as he Yeah, he's not as fit as he was, but mm. he's still elite. Um, from that perspective, you know. Yeah, so. the, the mental capacity to stay calm in that situation is, yeah, yeah, amazing. Absolutely. And it is absolutely amazing. And I, for me personally, I just think it's awesome because now people read this story and if you're doing a Bradbury, it means you've done something heroic, which I think is pretty mm. cool. I yeah, think that would be yeah. a much nicer thing to remember than to be remembered oh, you know. by. Yeah, by yeah, falling exactly. over and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's fantastic and yeah, I doubt – I doubt very much that he did this for that reason, but no. I just think it's nice that it, it's actually panned out that way. So, what, um, what part of the Australia was that? Does it uh, yes, it does. Give me two seconds. Uh, I will let you. Because I did hear it, and I wasn't sure exactly what state he was in. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, oh, Sunshine Coast surf. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, just taking a look, uh, yeah, he's received the, the bravery award for doing that. So, um, the commendation, as I say, brave conduct award by Australia Governor General David Hurley. So, yeah, really just amazing stuff by David Bradbury. And 
we definitely take our hat off to you and you yep. definitely deserve at least at least a blurt cheer. Um, yep. That's just amazing stuff. So, and, and as usual, the links will be in the show notes if you want to read the rest of the story, but I've pretty yep. much um, alerted to most of it. Um, he will turn 50 later. Yeah, he'll turn 50 later this year. And he said it was a really good bonding moment with his son as well. You know, mm. Just oh. that his son could see. His dad's a hero yeah. in his eyes now. Yeah, absolutely. If he wasn't already, also, he definitely yeah, yeah, would be exactly. now. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, but what's interesting is. News, sorry. Yeah, it I'm absolutely sorry. is. It absolutely is. Um, there is. Uh, he was unsure whether the rescue would form a part of a film being made. Uh, his life by deeper water, deeper water films, which stalled during the COVID nineteen pandemic. So, okay. yeah, so that might that might turn up in that uh, documentary that is probably still being made at some stage, as we know. And we might do in Banter next week. Maybe we'll do a bit of SAG watch, see where we are, mm, because yep, we have yeah, we haven't spoken about it for a couple of weeks. It'd be good to see where the Green Actors Guild uh, writers are. That would be mm, pretty damn progressed. cool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So with that, my friend, I think that is a, another show. That's a wrap. For another week, yes. Yeah, as, you, as you beautifully said, it's a wrap. It absolutely is a wrap. Um, and like you said and, earlier, we'll have Dr. Maria Taflaga next week on the show, we, which we recorded a few days ago. So we'll have her on. We will what else indeed. We're, well, we'll have banter, so we'll have SAG watch, whatever's happened during the week and uh, whatever sort of takes our fancy in, in banter, as it were. Um, oh, what I did want to say, if you're out there and you, you know, you want to vote yes, etc., and you're trying to get friends to vote yes, um, join your local Vote Yes 23 group. I believe, Wincy, you're a member of your uh, local I'm going to join up the University of Queensland one because there's one on campus. So oh, that's, that's really fantastic. Close Beautiful. So, Beautiful. So definitely going to sign up to that one. I've got my paraphernalia, paraphernalia on order from, like I mentioned earlier, from the Yes campaign. So I'm waiting for the call flute and stickers. Yep. Um, just need T-shirts, really. Yes. Well, I do have a couple of T-shirts, so I will be wearing them um about which would be yeah. pretty cool i can see a lady this... with a cream colored one just a few days ago at the shopping center which is great Did have the vote yes 23 on? Oh, yes yep 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 let's watch yeah, awesome. well I've, I've got that one and the one in the middle as mm. we saw before yeah yep. awesome but um yeah, we look. We definitely will wind up. As we know, next week we will know uh, what day the referendum is. So we might talk a little bit more about that in the banter, yeah. I believe, because we'll probably have yep. some information to talk about. So that should sure be good. We will. Thank you. Yes, definitely. So thank you. Anyone uh, joined us uh, on the video and uh, the potty will be out Monday. It's scheduled yep. for Monday. Yes. And as I said, the uh, Dr. Maria is out, right? You can get that. It's a really, really good chat. She knows what she's talking about. It's worth having to listen to. She does indeed, and she's fun. She's very fun to listen to. So um, anyway, with that, good night for me. And it's good night for me. Oh, this way. Bye. All right. Night, people. Perth. 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 (laughs)
Hello, my name is Dean Park and I'm from the Kwandamooka peoples of Minjiriba, which is also known as North Stradbroke Island, just off the coast of Brisbane. It's great to be here with you today. I know there's been a lot of interest since uh, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese made a really, to some people, a surprising comment during the election night saying that the government was committed to a referendum on a voice to parliament. And I know that there are many people sitting out there in their lounge rooms on that night not really sure about what he meant. What we're talking about is very simple. It's just three things. Recognising Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in the constitution, having an Indigenous voice to parliament, and the need for a referendum to make it all happen. And we wanna be able to do this because this is a conversation that we have to have across the nation. This is a conversation that every single Australian needs to be part of. And so, we don't want to confuse the issue. We're not going to dive down in deep into details. This is not about the politics. This is not about making a particular point. It's simply about having a conversation with you, sharing a bit of information about Indigenous constitutional recognition, about a voice to parliament and about a referendum. And we're hoping that this is something that triggers a conversation more broadly in your families, in your workplaces, in your communities, and something that we really want the whole nation to get behind. What constitutional recognition means is acknowledging the 65,000 years of continuous connection that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples have to this country. It's about Australians embracing First Nations peoples. It's about us being recognised in our constitution, in our rule book. It is a unique status as the First Peoples of the Australian nation. And it's about, I guess, having that, that sense of this is where we started as a people and as a nation. And that's really, really important in terms of the relationship that we have between First Australians and everyone else. Yeah, I can't tell you how much that means, you know, to, to our community, to our nation, to myself, to my family, uh, to not have to uh, argue for that basic recognition to be recognised as First Nations, that we belong here and that we have a right to be heard. It took until 2017, the Uluru Statement from the Heart, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples to very firmly say what meaningful constitutional recognition looked like to us. It's recognising our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and the founding document of our nation. And how do we embrace First Nations peoples as the first peoples of this country, which is unique and different to anywhere else in the whole world? It's unfinished business and it's about time that uh, we recognise that the Aboriginal people were living on this continent, Torres Strait Islanders were inhabiting our homelands, and that recognition in the constitution is going to go a long way to uh, healing past injustices in the, in the modern history of Australia. I remember when I was um, one of facilitating a native event for school, um, when I've asked like, you know, mob at school if they want to do a dance or if they want to sing or do storytelling or something like that. Um, there's that shame factor, like, oh, I'm scared to 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 voice my culture and to talk about it and then but with this i believe it will make make them actually feel valued and empowered empowered in their own country as first nations australians yeah in 1967 the australian public voted overwhelmingly to allow the commonwealth government to make laws about aboriginal and torres strait islander people before it hadn't had that power meaningful real constitutional recognition had to come through a voice. It had to be about this voice to parliament. 
There are too many issues in our communities, which mean that we can't just have symbolic recognition. There needs to be practical change alongside that. Uh, but then also, you know, what a lot of people talk about, the practical kind of things that come along with that and the power of that symbolism too, is that, you know, not only are you recognising us finally, but you, you actually have to listen to us and talk to us and we, we have a say, we get to sit at the table where the decisions are made, which for too long have been made without us. And, you know, one of the things in my family that we always talk about uh, is all the uh, kind of things that have happened in the Barma Forest and the Wirai Forest and all the um, environmental degradation, but what happened to our families there and um, actually being able to have a seat at the table with people like you know, Victoria and New South Wales parks and wildlife type people with the government on, you know, when they're making the leasing decisions that are impacting our families uh, when it comes to the history of economic development in those areas. I think the important thing in constitutional recognition is that it puts Indigenous people firmly in the founding document of modern Australia. And it's not putting us in the constitution in a way that someone else has suggested we should be. It's putting us in the constitution in the way Indigenous people have decided they want to be recognised in the constitution. And that's important because it's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people deciding for themselves what they want, asking the Australian people to support them in that, and then that being enshrined in the document that defines the way the nation works. In a way, our most important document in Australia. The Uluru Statement very clearly said that if we are going to do this, if we are going to formally and finally do constitutional recognition for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, it's got to be through the voice. And just for having our voice in, you know, enshrined in the constitution, it doesn't only have like an impact now, but has impact on the generations to come. And is an important first step in building a shared future for our country. Blurred is brought to you by Wensi and Kickstart, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the Blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter Blurt handle, and there is a Blurt Star Facebook page as well. So, if you're interested in getting getting in touch, blurtstar at gmail.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another feed coming at you. Has been a Get Off The Grass Productions, brought to you by Wincy and Kickstarter.